Hannah and their family are away from us today, and we want to wish them Godspeed as they make their way back to us. I think uh, they were, Joel and Hannah had been invited to um, speak at a marriage retreat over at uh, Fall Creek Falls this weekend, and that's where they, they are, and uh, we look forward to having them back. Today, I want to, or this afternoon, I want to share a message that many of our men heard yesterday at the men's retreat concerning encouraging elders, uh, and I recognize that you ladies weren't there, and uh, there's a number of our men weren't there, and uh, wanted to, I think uh, this is a good lesson for all of us to hear from time to time and encourage each other in these things, and uh, Heath asked me to uh, speak on that topic at our men's retreat this year, and I was glad to do so, but as I was putting together um, my thoughts on this topic, I realized that there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different directions that we can take this topic, and I want to do that this afternoon a little bit, uh, not just focusing on elders, those men who serve as our leaders presently, but I want us to look at the biblical concept of encouragement, firstly, and secondly, we will talk about ways to encourage our current leaders, but I want to spend the crux of our time this afternoon talking about encouraging younger or future leaders and uh, I think that's a very important thing and something we talk about as as elders from time to time is the future of uh, leadership in the Lord's church you know as we talk about this word encouragement there are a lot of uh, synonyms if you will that are uh, uh, used in place of the word encouragement, words like support, words like strengthening, words like comfort and edify. The word literally means come alongside of another. Think about that for a second. Come alongside of another. It's what encouragement is all about. I would submit for our thinking it is a biblical Concept. If you have your New Testaments, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 11. There in the context, Paul, the inspired writer, is writing to Christians in Thessalonica and encouraging them and talking to them about how they need to live and all those sorts of things. Verse 11 of 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. As we was pointed out this weekend, that is a command. Paul is an inspired apostle of Jesus Christ, and he's telling us as Christians that we need to be encouraging one another. You know, one thing that I think about in terms of encourager, being an encourager, it doesn't come naturally, oftentimes, does it? Um, but you know something? A lot of the commands and a lot of the instructions that we read in, in the New Testament are things that don't come naturally to us as well or easy to us at all. But it's something we need to train ourselves and something that we need to incorporate in our attitude and our, in our lives. I find also that people all across the spiritual spectrum need encouragement. What am I talking about there? New Christians need it. Mature Christians need it. Elderly folks need it. Don presented a wonderful lesson last night in our closing session about encouraging our older members. 
You know, oftentimes, unfortunately, we kind of forget about our older members sometimes when they move into that stage of life where they're not as active physically and with the church as they once were and once that they would continue to like to be, but oftentimes their health will not allow it. We need to continue to try to encourage and look for ways to edify and to build up those folks as well as they encourage us. You know, I get a lot of encouragement from our older folks, and I don't say that to be embarrassing to you, but you encourage me just by your very nature of being here and offering uh, your words of encouragement from time to time. So don't forget that. Some of the side benefits I think of when we, we talk about encouragement, it gets the focus off of me. You know, oftentimes this world promotes me, doesn't it? The world is about me. If you're spending some time and energy and effort encouraging others, it takes the focus off of you. And I think that's important. It's good to do from time to time. You know, it doesn't have to be a grand gesture, does it? You know, oftentimes I think as Christians, we, we think of uh, service to the Lord and His church and His people. We think it has to be something grand, something that ha- takes a lot of planning, something that have to put a lot of effort and resources into. But just a kind word doesn't cost anything, doesn't take a lot of time, doesn't take a lot of talents. I would remind us and I would point out to us, we're going to look at a couple of passages in the Old Testament and one in the New God himself is an encourager. Look at Deuteronomy chapter, um, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. Moses called, in the context here, Moses is talking to Joshua. Verse 8 there, he says, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will not, excuse me, he will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Encouragement offered to Joshua there that God is a God of encouragement. Joshua chapter 1. Familiar passage to to many. Verse number 9, God speaking directly here to Joshua. Have I not commanded you, be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's go to the first, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter one, verse number three, Paul, the inspired writer there writing to Christians, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort. So we see that God is an encourager. God uses his people as a source of encouragement. Keep, keep your uh, Bibles there in second Corinthians and go to chapter seven. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 6 and 7. He says there, Nevertheless, God, who comforts comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also 
by the consolation with which he was comforted in you when he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. God uses his people to comfort and give encouragement as a source of encouragement. And I would ask us a question. Who are God's people today? It's me and you, isn't it? We can be a great source of encouragement to our brothers and sisters in Christ. I also recognize and, and make note that God, or excuse me, great men of God still needed encouragement. Think about men like Moses, Elijah, David, the Apostle Paul, and even our Lord Jesus Christ. All needed encouragement. I've heard it said before, people don't often remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. Think about that for a second. They might not always remember your words, but they remember how you made them feel. You know, we used, I think it was Heath in one of his lessons, maybe his lesson to Devo Friday night. We talked about Jesus and his encounter with the woman at the well in Samaria. How do you think Jesus made that woman feel? Jesus crossed a lot of barriers to even talk to her. He was a Jewish man in Samaria. You know what the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans was like. Moreover, she was a woman. Moreover, she was a sinful woman. But Jesus didn't hesitate to engage her in a conversation about spiritual matters. Let's shift gears for a moment away from the concept of biblical encouragement and talk about or focus a moment on encouraging our elders. Chase, you may need to advance this. This thing's not working. Whoop. Encouraging our elders. What I'm talking about here are those who currently serve in the eldership of the Lord's Church. And I was just thinking about this. Uh, you know, again, there's a lot of different ways that we can talk about encouragement and a lot of different things can, that we can put forth. Uh, it's really, it really gets down to a personal matter in a lot of cases, what encourages you versus somebody else. But I put together seven points uh, that we'll run through quickly. Each of these points begins with the letter C. The first one, I, and incidentally, these are not in any really level of priority or importance, just some things that I thought about as we encourage our elders. The first one is consider. Consider the monumental task that they have and the God-sanctioned role that they fulfill. Think about the importance. Think about the gravity. Think about those things that these men carry on their shoulders. And I, I'm trying... I don't want to paint this in a negative light because that's not what, it, what it's about. But it's a serious matter. And it's something that we all, I believe, take seriously, those who currently serve. And uh, we just ask you to consider the role that we have. And I think, you know, respect for the authority of the eldership is often 
comes into this as well. I think many of the, the problems we see in, in congregations of the Lord's Church today uh, is because people don't recognize the authority of those men who serve as elders. And, and we'll talk about this in a moment, weak elders, poor elders, those who uh, serve in that way as well. I think it's part of that as well. The second C we want to talk about in encouraging our elders is conduct, or excuse me, connect. Conduct is number three. Connect. Connect with your elders and with the church. As I made mention yesterday in, in my lesson, you know, one of the things that keeps me up at night oftentimes is I'm concerned about members who are not connected with the body. Maybe there's not a natural connection. Maybe they don't have children. Maybe they're not married. Maybe they're divorced. Maybe they're elderly. Maybe they're widowed or a widower. They don't fit those oftentimes the categories of things that are going on in the church from, from time to time. It makes it even harder for them to be connected. It makes it even easier sometimes when they, when they struggle with their faithfulness and those sorts of things. So uh, I would encourage everybody to try to find a way to be connected. And we as elders will try to, to help in that as well. Thirdly, conduct. Conduct yourselves as Christians. That means conduct yourselves as Christians every day, always, every place, on Facebook, on Instagram, in school, in your workplace, all those kind of things. That's, an, that's one way to encourage your elders is to live a life that God would have us to live. Give grace to one another. None of us are perfect. We mess up from time to time. We need to be given grace. Apply Matthew seven twelve, the golden rule, in your dealings with others. And finally on this point, be humble. Exhibit humility in your, in your conduct. Fourthly, commit. Commit yourself to God's way of life. And also commit yourself to your brothers and sisters in Christ. The next one is confidence. Have confidence in your eldership that they will carry out God's will. One of the things that, again, it, it bothers me sometimes is when we feel like that uh, the members feel like that we are not doing our job. Oftentimes we feel that members are going around us or behind us or those sorts of things, and that it hurts. It hurts our confidence. So we appreciate your encouragement in that. Number six, communicate. Let your elders know what you're struggling with. You know, we don't know your deepest issues and problems, but I, I guarantee you we can try to find a way to help. If nothing else, we can pray for you and offer you words of encouragement. Give us your thoughts on matters that affect the church. Again, we don't have all the answers, and we're, our door is always open, as we say, uh, to to open to communication. Lastly, on this point, compliment. Let them know you're pleased with the job they're doing. You know, in other lessons and other times, we've talked about these love languages, the five love languages. There's a book out there that 
It's not a biblical kind of concept book, but I would encourage you if, you, if you like to read those kind of things, it would be a good read. One of the love languages is words of affirmation. The concept of love languages is that everybody has a love bank, so to speak. Think of it as an account. And as people come along and speak your love language, it adds credits to that account. And uh, one of the love languages is words of affirmation. That's what some folks appreciate. That's what some folks look for, for others to show them love through words of affirmation. So we talked about the biblical concept of encouragement. We've talked about encouraging your current elders. Now I want to spend the rest of our time talking about encouragement of future leaders. You know, one of the life concepts that, I've, that has proven true for me time after time it goes something like this. When you hurt, get in a hurry, you mess up. I try to instill that in my kids. I tell them when I'm, when I'm trying to teach them how to drive, if you get in a hurry, you're going to mess up. And other things, if you're working on something, trying to repair something, if you get in a hurry, you're likely going to mess up. The point I'm trying to make is I've known too many congregations, and maybe you as, have as, as well, of the Lord's Church who woke up one day with no elders. Maybe because of death, maybe because of illness, maybe because they moved out of town, maybe they changed jobs, any number of reasons. The congregation finds themselves with no elders. They felt that they had to hurry and appoint new elders, and they messed up. It's a lot easier to appoint a bad elder than it is to de-appoint one. I think you know what I'm talking about. They hadn't considered the future. They hadn't prepared and encouraged younger leaders to fulfill that role when the time came. I don't want Saudi to be in that situation. I want us to do what it takes in preparation for that not to happen to us. We must be about encouraging and engaging younger people, preparing them for leadership in the Lord's church. It doesn't just come naturally. It has to be uh, intentional. Some of the ways we do this, and I, I'm not the author of these, of these next few points. I, I saw a lesson by Brother Mike Vestal. He's a preacher of the Lord's Church. Uh, I think he gave this talk at PTP recently. Some of the ways we do this, number one, be looking at gifts. And I'm not talking about spiritual gifts here. I'm talking about talents, skills our young people exhibit, their passions, their abilities. Be making notice, taking notice of those things. Bring older and younger together. You know, the body of Christ is diverse. Paul highlights that, that fact in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where he's talking about the various, he's likening the church to the physical body. But we have to help our, our younger folks and mentor them and encourage their development. Have an inner circle of younger people in whom you can invest yourself. You know, Jesus had the, we call them the 12 apostles or 12 disciples that he spent his days with. 
But you know something? We remember from Scripture that he had an inner circle as well. Peter, James, and John. We see on many occasions that Jesus was together with just Peter, James, and John. He would separate them out sometimes for, I think, deeper levels of encouragement, deeper teaching, and those sorts of things. Maybe you know a young man with a passion who aspires to preach. Or maybe a young lady who has an interest and a passion for medical missions. Invest time in those individuals and try to help bring them along, develop them. The next point there, care for them, knowing what's going on in their life. You know, young folks oftentimes are not just uh, ready to talk, especially when they get in the teenage years. It's hard to get information out of them, hard to engage them sometimes, but I think we need to do that. Look at John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus is speaking here. He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. We need to exhibit love and care for our younger folks in this regard. Pray and encourage them often. Develop the spirit of Barnabas. I've heard him called Mr. Encouragement. The Mr. Encouragement of the New Testament. We have to believe in them. Acts 13, you know what's going on there. The missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas. This young man named John Mark up and leaves the work. The Bible doesn't reveal why. We don't know if he was homesick he missed his mama's cooking, or what the reason was. But we know that in Acts 15, there around verse 36, Paul and Barnabas were setting out on their next missionary journey. Barnabas wanted to take John Mark. Paul said, no way. And the Bible says there was a great dispute among these two men of God. Barnabas decided to go one way with John Mark, and, and Paul took uh, Silas, and they went another way. The, the work wasn't hindered, thankfully, but we know there was a dispute over this young man. Now, move forward a number of years, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 11. Paul was writing some of the last words he would pen by inspiration in his physical life. He says, bring Mark, for he is useful to me. I think that tells you something about Mark's character, I think it tells you something about Paul's character. Paul believed in Mark, and he wanted him to be part of his ministry and his gospel. We have to believe in our young folks the way God does. You know, encouraging future leaders may be one of the greatest things we will ever accomplish. I'm going to repeat that. Encouraging future leaders may be one of the greatest things we ever accomplish. As we kind of bring this to a close, a story is told about the devil and his yard sale. Maybe you've heard it or some variation of it. He had all his tools out on display, priced and labeled. There was hatred, 
murder, lust, anger, and all the rest. At the end of the table was a tool that was worn and more ragged than any other. It bore no name, but it had the highest price of all. Someone asked the devil, he says, what is that tool? The devil said, discouragement. Well, why is it priced so highly? The buyer asked. Because it's the most effective tool I have against Christians, the devil said. I don't know about you, but discouragement is one of the greatest tools of the devil for me. And I would suspect it's close to the top for you as well. You know, we made mention of Barnabas earlier in our lesson. Incidentally, that wasn't his real name. You go back and look in Acts chapter 4, verse 36, his name was Joseph. But the apostles changed his name to Barnabas, son of encouragement, because of his actions, his attitudes, the way, his way of life. Barnabas left a legacy of encouragement, didn't he? Any time we think about a, a New Testament example of encouragement, what usually comes to our mind? The name Barnabas. May we all be encouragers to our brethren as well. The lesson is yours. I hope that you've gained some information maybe you hadn't thought of in a while. Maybe you can uh, become a better encourager. There are many of you who are great encouragers already. It's my prayer that you will continue in that regard and continue to develop the attitude of encouragement in your lives as Christians. At the end of every lesson, every time that we're together as in, in a public minute, uh, assembly such as this, we recognize there may be someone who is not a Christian or someone who needs to be restored. We offer that time now. The song has been announced that we'll sing in a moment to encourage anyone you need to become a Christian, putting on Christ in baptism, repenting of your sins, confessing the wonderful name of Christ. You can do that just, just in a moment. Could be in times past that you've done those things, but you've allowed sin to come into your life. Maybe you have allowed discouragement to take you, your eyes off of, of the prize of heaven and living for God. Now is a perfect opportunity for you to be restored. If it's public in nature, it can be taken care of that way. Maybe you just need the prayers of your brothers and sisters to encourage you to continue to live a life that God would have us to live. Whatever your need, would you come as we stand, as we sing?